Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Run. Two on one. Green the finish. Wow, the alley Turned the corner. Inside! He made Yusuf Nurkic a screensaver. Here comes Murray. Alley up to Gordon. Oh, what a play! All right, joined now by Brandon Duenas of Bright Side of the Sun and Locked On Suns, covering the Phoenix Suns here for us at the Alley Oop. Brandon, this has been an interesting year, a year full of twists and turns for the Phoenix Suns. We just got our most recent one on, I think it was Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Just a, a oh no, it was Tuesday, actually. It was Tuesday. Tuesday, yeah. Uh, massive comeback against the Kings. Tell us more about just what what the hell happened in that game. Yeah, it was very much needed. That's that's for sure. It, it was. Uh, it just kind of felt like another one of those letdowns where the Suns are playing a good team. Uh, you know, they're fully healthy for the most part. Bull Bull was out, so obviously can't say fully healthy without. Uh, you can't you say know. fully healthy without Bull. <laughs> exactly, but but no, like it was just it was a game that you're expecting them to get up for, and it was just kind of a slow start. And here we go again, down by 22 in the fourth, and and then all of a sudden just this fire comes out of nowhere. It seems like, and they, they really believe they could win the game and it's just kind of possession by possession. They, they got stops and uh, those, those stops led to, to easy buckets and transition. And it snowballed into something that hasn't happened since uh, the bubble. I believe is like 1,244 games uh, in a row of like Jeez. a team trailing by 20 or more than fourth. Uh, that was like the record. It was like, Oh, and a thousand something. So uh, don't quote me on the exact number, but it was a lot of <laughs> losses that they, they kind of overcame there. And I think ESPN projections had it at like 99.9% chance for the Kings to win at one point. Uh, so it was definitely a improbable win, but it's one of those wins that I feel like could definitely shift the, the course of the season. Uh, health is the main thing with this team, right? Like if that's, that's kind of the, been the issue all year. Now that we have these guys and they showed they could win a gritty game like that. That's, I think it's really encouraging for just the trajectory of the, the rest of the season. Of course. I mean, that's one of those ones that galvanizes a team. It's one of those ones where mm. you don't know, like you, you can kind of throw out the previous games out the window yeah. in a lot of ways, just because if you see yourself, if you see a team come together in that way, play at that level, then you as a team can understand, okay, we can find that gear every mm. now and then. It doesn't have to be all the time and you got to be more consistent, obviously, but the consistency has kind of shifted back in a positive way with Bradley Beal. He's only played 16 games so far this season, but he's played the last 10 in a row, and the Suns are 7-3 and three in their last 10. Uh, 11th in net rating, 9th in offense, 15th in defense. Just a very, very impressive turnaround from, I, I think a lot of people saw this team as like, they're kind of 500. They're kind of average for, for at least a little bit, and it seems like they're trending in the positive direction. Yeah, 100%. I think it was just an injection of life to, the, to a team that was pretty lifeless. And, and it's just kind of funny that, that 22 point comeback happened in the fourth quarter, just considering this season, the fourth quarter, the Suns have been the worst in the NBA, like by far. So right. I was just kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere, but uh, I think Beal's returns definitely had uh, obviously a positive impact. There's, there's been a couple hiccups here and there, some games I thought they should have won with him uh, that they lost, especially that Memphis game. But, uh, but overall, yeah, they've won eight of their last 11. And I think they're starting to just kind of figure out how to play off each other because they've had, their rotation's just been so inconsistent this season. So now the guys are in the roles that they're originally supposed to be in, and, and Grayson Allen's playing like prime Michael Jordan. It's just, uh, it, it just, it feels like things are starting to fall into place a little bit. Uh, it's true. But it's, and but yeah, having Beal out there is definitely a 
been a very good uh, just wake up call, I would say, to a team that just kind of needs something to get them going. So it's it's been encouraging. Beal's been great. I mean, we know what KD is. We know what Devin Booker is. Those guys, we they, they, I have zero questions about those guys and, and what they're going to bring in a regular season and playoff environment. That's it's not something I'm worried about in any way, shape, or form. What we were worried about was the rest of the guys. And when you add a guy like Bradley Beal, you don't know what that's going to look like for the team. You don't know how Yusuf Nurkic or Grayson Allen or guys like that are going to fit in. Turns out they fit in pretty well. And Grayson Allen shooting 48% from three. Yusuf Nurkic ranks 22nd in defensive EPM. Like these guys are valuable and they're role players that are contributing in a very positive way. Uh, it just takes the entire team to kind of really like when they when the, everybody gets healthy, you can start to see the the team shining through a little bit. So which of those guys do you think has been more valuable to the Sun so far between Allen and Nurkic? I would, I would say Allen. I mean, he's right now he's, he's 50, 40, 90. Like that's just he's the only player in the league right now that is in that club, which that I thought was pretty, pretty remarkable. Uh, so he's just been, he's kind of been who he's always been, but just, just shooting the absolute, like just, just shooting lights out. I, I was about to drop an F bomb, but I'll, I'll keep it PG <laughs> here, but he, he's shooting it's lights out right nearly, now. So it's nearly 50, 50, 90, if we're being honest, like it's crazy. Yeah, no, it's, it's nuts. So he like at that man in three point contest, he's, he's been, I don't know where they'd be without him this season, honestly, especially those just losing Beal and like Booker for some games. Durant, he's just been that steady presence offensively, and uh, he, he's been a great role player. So I think he's really been a pleasant surprise. Um, and then Nurkic uh, has, has definitely had his moments, and, and defensively, there's some matchups where I think Vogel's starting to do a better job of reading when it's kind of his night and when it's not. And that that Kings game, he was on the bench for for that comeback. They went small, and the Kings just couldn't score on the Suns. And uh, so it's just I think it's just a matter of Vogel figuring out what's going to work and what's not. And there's a lot of experimenting that was not going great. Uh, not just with Nurkic, just in general. And now it seems like they're slowly starting to figure out when to push those buttons, which is, it's going to come with anytime you have an entire, as much turnover as the Suns roster has had, like there, there's going to be those growing pains. So it feels like they're slowly, but surely figuring it out. Um, and as I say this now against the Pelicans, they'll probably lose by 15 and their rotation will be all over the place, but sure. cause that's how the season's gone. But as, as but, it does, uh, it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the role players, they, they've definitely stepped up and have looked uh, impressive and, you know, have, have done a nice job of uh, stepping up when they need to and also taking a step back and letting the big three do their thing as well. So you mentioned Nurkish being on the bench for uh, that stretch. I, I've, I've seen mm-hmm. some mentions of a death lineup. I've seen some mentions of a a group that you can go to if you're the Suns, and so tell me about the group. Tell me what it is and and why it works. Yeah, so it just it seems like Durant at the five, uh, especially against that in that Kings game, uh, Sabonis is really struggling to because uh, he, he's not going to dribble around Durant, and he was and Durant was contesting his shots, um, right. kind of applying pressure up top where Sabonis is going to dissect you, uh, you know, as as a, a playmaker. And I thought that he he did a good job of disrupting that, and the Kings just really were stagnant. And you you had uh, Gordon and Beal. Uh, along with Allen, Durant, and Booker. And so what you have is just a five-out offense where you want to double Booker or Durant, like good luck. You're going to leave someone that's shooting nearly 40% from three, like wide open. Obviously, Beal and Gordon aren't shooting uh, as lights out as like the numbers indicate. But if you give those guys a wide open shot, like that's that's a good possession for the Sun. So offensively, I think uh, they have very few minutes together, like that group specifically. But especially after seeing what they just did. Like, I think that's something we're going to see a lot more should they stay healthy. And uh, 
you know, if they can continue to, if they, if they bring it on the defensive end, if that group does, then uh, they're going to be a real problem. I, I don't know how, like how consistent that's going to be, or if that's going to be the norm, like what happened against the Kings, but the way they play just from an intensity perspective was unlike anything we've seen from the Suns all year long. So that, that was encouraging. Um, and you know, there, there's no, like, you know, you could probably, you could hunt Eric Gordon or, or Booker if you want, but those guys are still pretty strong for their size. So there's not really like a, right. a weak link in terms of like, uh, a smaller, like a Chris Paul or like someone that's just easy to post up on mismatches. So I think their, their versatility on that end kind of helped as well, but they're not huge, but they're also not extremely small. So it's kind of a interesting balance. Interesting balance for sure. I'm trying to think about, man, who would Denver put Jokic on in that particular group would be a, yeah. a fascinating thought experiment. I know Durant would guard Jokic in that circumstance, but like, and then mm. obviously neither of those teams, are, that's a, that's a 175 offensive rating both ways, but like it, <laughs> it would be a it. fascinating experiment to try that for six minutes and see what the hell happened. Um, yeah. No, it's, it's been, it's been good to see. And then like, this is a team that has always kind of prided itself on, on, being successful on the offensive end, building around Booker and Durant. You add a guy like Beal, you add Grayson Allen, you add Eric Gordon, and nobody thought that they would be 15th in defense. You and I were talking about, hey, if they yeah. get into the top 20, then that's a that's a miracle of, of sorts. Uh, I'm curious as to why you think they got to that place, and if it's just like guys performing above their station, or is there something that Frank Vogel's doing? I think you got to give Vogel some credit there. I think... Uh it's slowly starting to turn into like where everyone's buying in. And, and obviously just the health is a huge factor as well. Just, it seems like the rotation's settling a little bit and they're, they're kind of defending as a team. It's not really like, they don't have a ton of point of attack defenders. They don't have guys that are outside of like Josh Kogi that are like super disruptive um, and picking up 94 feet or that's their identity. Uh, but they have a few guys that just, uh, that'll get after you. And then the rest of the team just feels like they're on the same page. And I think that's how they're going to, they're not going to be like world beaters defensively. We all know this, but if you could just string together stops and get them timely stops and use that to, um, you know, kind of put a little jolt in the offense. And I think that's, that's where they could really uh, go on some, some crazy runs. Like we just saw in that Kings game where they just kind of bury you or make a comeback. Um, but if, if they're already, if it's already a close game or if they're leading by a couple of points and they go one on one of those runs and that, that could be like reminiscent of those, those warrior, death lineup teams that we saw with just all the shooting and it just felt like it was just like a 12-0 run in like a minute and you're just like what just happened so I feel like they they still have that kind of potential offensively um but it's just a matter of it actually happening and uh more than once so sure uh, I'm a little skeptical there but I, I still think uh it, it is definitely a step in the right direction yeah it is interesting that I mean as as awesome as we both thought that the offense would be that it's only ninth offense is up around yeah. the entire league though so it's really hard for me to just say oh yeah they're they're the ninth ranked offensive team as if that wouldn't be the best offense from last year so it's interesting to kind of like sort of have that knowledge and understand look this yeah. is going to be every and nobody can defend anybody right now and the, the mm -hmm. best teams are the ones that can defend for pockets of time and this team does feel like hey you got a bunch of veterans on the squad you under you got guys that understand how to play defense it's just about picking and choosing the moments too and in the playoffs, that might get a little bit more difficult to do it for a full 48, but you don't even really have to do it for the full 48 in the playoffs. You just got to do it for 36 and then survive for the other 12. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Uh, do you feel more or less comfortable in the championship vision since the beginning of the year, knowing what you know now after this entire stretch? 
who depends which, which week you ask me, but now that's here, like I'm, I'm feeling a little more optimistic than I was uh, nice. a week ago, but definitely not the start of the season. I was a lot higher on this team. I thought they had, uh, uh, I thought they were going to come in and obviously have some of those growing pains. Like every team does with you know, like a new big three or, you know, all the roster turnover, new coaching staff. Like, so I was, I was expecting a little bit of a slow start, but not, not anything like this. Um, I, I still do think the West, uh, runs through Denver and a healthy Clippers team. Like all due respect to mm-hmm. the, the Timberwolves and Thunder, like they're playing great, but I think uh, the Suns, they're, they're just one of those teams that they could, I, I think they could beat anyone in any series if they're hot, but I could also see that in the other direction as well. So it's just, it's really going to be about matchups, health, and, and just who's hot at the right time. That's really what it comes down to. So uh, my opinion hasn't really changed. I, I still think the West is, is wide open in terms of there's there's multiple teams that can come out, um, but it, it, there's just so many factors that go into it. So that's, that's my boring answer, but I think this is going to be one of the greatest playoffs uh, in the Western Conference in a long time, I think, just because of the, the parity and then also just some of the, the, the firepower from top to bottom. Like some of those lower seeds, you're not going to want to see in round one. And if, even if oh, you yeah. have home court, it's just like, you know, we, we worked our ass off all season long to get this, and this is how we have to play the – the, like I don't know the Suns or the Clippers or whoever it's just you know that's that'll be an interesting dynamic to follow. It's just how the cookie crumbles in the Western Conference, people. We we yeah. understand this. That's been it's been like this oh, for yeah. decades and decades, and this is just uh, same same shit, different year. So it's <laughs> understandable, but uh, no, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how it breaks down. The Nuggets were the lucky mm-hmm. team to come out of it last year, and in what was a, a finally a down year for the West. But now every team feels like they're really loading up and the trade deadline will be another opportunity for everybody too. Yep. I know the Suns don't really have a ton of resources. What can they do and what do they need? So I think right now everyone points to a point guard and I, I'm not really yeah. on that train. Like let's, let's take the ball out of our star players' hands more. Like, no, I, I think the big three, the numbers suggest it's working in terms of when those three are on, on the court, uh, you know, it's been limited minutes, but they, they've been doing uh, pretty well like their net rating is awesome there it doesn't matter who you surround them with in terms of these numbers early on but i think come playoff time it's gonna be important to have some more three and d wings with a little more size that can guard multiple positions uh so like royce o'neill uh his sorry royce o'neill's name popped up on bobby marx's episode uh like previewing the suns so someone in that mold uh that can kind of uh, have a low usage low maintenance offensively but he can hit open shots hopefully and just defend and play tough so i think adding someone like that and then i think another center is going to be huge just someone that can protect the rim give him a different look uh obviously you can you can play duran at the five you can you can mess around with some some bull bull lineups he's he's looked he looked awesome before that injury uh i i'm not going to say he's a sure like fire rotation player in the playoffs or anything but it's something interesting there but i think just adding another uh, big to to spell Nurkic. Just you just need six more fouls at the center position. That's really what it comes down to, especially with how many great bigs there are on the West. So uh, right. I think yeah, just adding a third center that can play for you know a Bismack Bayombo, you know possibly reunion there. But uh, and then another three and D wing. They they can't really do much, but they do have four second round picks they can deal. Uh, they have Nasir Little's contract. He's a very team friendly contract as well, and he's still young enough to where there's teams that. Uh, could have some interest there, but again, it's not, you're not going to be, unless you're trading Grayson Allen or, or Nurkic, like you can't really make any move that's going to really shake the league up, but uh, just improving on the edges. Yeah, no, it has to be like, 
you know what the the formula is going to be. The top six are pretty much set in stone. You've got Booker, mm-hmm. Beal, uh, Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen, Kevin Durant, and Yusuf Nurkic. Like that's it's mm-hmm. going to be the top six, and figuring out who else can play is going to be the the goal for the rest of the season. And maybe that's somebody that you that you trade for. But we will see yeah. what happens. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, nothing. Now I, I did see a very interesting stat about the Suns' defensive rating. With uh, I think it was Nurkic, Gordon, Booker, Durant, uh, and Allen was like the highest defensive rating unit in the league, and that just blew my mind. Hmm. Like I, I was, I think it was like minimum 100 minutes played together, and they played like 147 minutes together. So it's still a pretty small sample, but I thought that was that. Like it doesn't feel real. Like I, I'll need to go check those numbers because <laughs> it doesn't feel uh, real. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah, StatMuse <laughs> tweeted that out, but so that that lineup combo, there there might be something there. I don't know. That was just that was just like an interesting little like uh, nugget I found that maybe if you're not following the Suns, that slipped through through your, your Twitter feed or X feed, whatever you want to call it these days. But uh, yeah, that's that was kind of the last departing thoughts. Is uh, I'm going to need to like go back and rewatch those minutes because I'm just still shook by that. The new death lineup in Suns <laughs> Twitter going to be very fascinating to see. I'm looking forward to watching it all with you. He is Brandon Dwayne Nelson of Locked on Suns and Bright Side of the Sun. Really appreciate you stopping by. Let's chat again in about six weeks, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan.